0: USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has
1: grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more
0: at usaa.com 100.
2: Today on Veterans Voice, you're an interview with Tim Meegan Jr., Army veteran-turned-musician with a special in-studio acoustic performance. It's just ahead.
3: And hot! Welcome to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originating from the Optum Podcast Studio, in partnership with podcast channel sponsor, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Center and supporting partner the Wirenut home services
1: all right Tim welcome to the show thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me uh so you were in the army for what three years four years four years four years uh how many how many deployments did you have in that time one combat tour to Iraq yeah. from 2004
4: to 2005, but I was in Korea prior to that. I was part of the 2nd Infantry Division that they pulled out of there, and I was one of the fortunate ones that did my entire year there. Yeah. Had my orders going back to the States before they stopped, lost us, and sent us to Iraq. Oh, man. So you were— 13 Bravo. I was artillery. Artillery. Yeah.
1: But you, you kind of ended up in a little bit of a different role when you are in Iraq, huh?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, prior to our deployment, they were, they gave us two month train up, and um, they took my entire battery and they divided us up, and they had no reason to have three firing batteries whatsoever. So our uh, headquarters and service, they all were going to run their respective roles that they did within that, and they divided uh, our Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie batteries up. Charlie battery was going to do FOB security. Bravo battery was going to do actual counterfire with artillery, and Alpha, which I was in they said we were going to play an infantry role. And um, my two-month train-up in Iraq was with Green Berets, with Rangers, with infantry guys, using the latest intel that was coming from Iraq and learning the tactics that, as an artilleryman, we don't really (laughs) practice all that much. So two months in the uh, monsoon season of Korea of training how to be an infantry guy.
1: Wow, (laughs) that's crazy. Uh, You know, I've said it before the... About you know PTSD and how it affects everybody differently. If your trauma is your trauma, uh, this falls right in line with that. Of you know you you were prepared to go do something, and you did something completely different. Right. You know. Um, so it's it's crazy that you know, all of us it doesn't matter what service you are, what what MOS or what job you had it's always beaten our head mission first mission first mission first and exactly. and yeah. also on top of that we're the right we, we joined the military right whoever tells us what to do we gotta freaking do it <laughs> right so yep. so you're out there kicking doors now in Iraq with special operators how how, how was that I mean <laughs> as, as an artilleryman and now you're you're out there kicking doors I mean I'm sure learning it was fun curve, at sometimes <laughs> giant learning
4: curve <laughs> yeah. even with what we trained up in you know um Iraq was you know 2003. You know what the intel was coming back that was a nasty time there it well that was i got there in 2004 so the intel that we were getting was coming from 2003 and so it was it was changing rapidly and mm-hmm. so even everything that we had learned in korea you know you could apply some of it but a lot of it was just hands-on in the moment learning what to do and mm-hmm. the tactics that the enemy was using on us at the time mm-hmm. to just continually adjust to what was going on um we weren't ready for it. I don't think anyone that went to Ramadi, Iraq, at that time was ready for it because Ramadi was not the Ramadi that the movies and the books were yeah. written about. It was Fallujah at that time in two thousand three into two thousand four, yeah. and Ramadi started growing into what it became.
1: Yeah, I mean that was that was some of the roughest part of the war. That t- two thousand three two thousand four time frame was when you know we were we were going in there and getting into some stuff and. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I'll even tell you from the Special Forces side of the house, I know these guys weren't even—they weren't even prepared for some of that stuff. And that's—you know, I ask you, like, for us, you know, sometimes, man, you're running a gun and it's a blast. You're having fun. Yeah. But a lot of times you're not. No. <laughs> you know? A, <laughs> it's true. A lot of the times you're like, oh, man, highs and lows I, for sure. I want to get shot at. Man, no, you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but— uh, so did did you feel like you eventually got prepared for Do you feel like you, your brain made a switch of like, oh, wow, this is what I'm doing now? Or was this kind of like a dream every day where you just kind of floating along? I, you know, I think my age helped out a lot
4: being I was 20 years old when I got there. And I basically accepted that I was going to die. Wow. I really did. Based off of what was happening to my unit, my, my battery, the guys that I was with intimately um and knowing what was happening around the city. I I just got to a point where I was like, I'm gonna get injured pretty bad or I'm gonna die. Wow. Is where I my mind went. So it was just like, What am I gonna do? I, I can't change it. I'm not gonna leave these guys out here and try to play a, a mental game of I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. For yeah, me I just accepted it. And the mission's
1: gotta get done. Yep. Um that's wild, man. I mean, for you said being 20 years old helped because your brain's still forming. Right, <laughs> right. So it's just
4: like, just turn it off, you know. I I didn't have a wife and kids at home either. I yeah. I was a single guy. So,
1: yeah, a it, lot of my deployments just... were later in life. My combat deployments were later in life. And, it, it, you know, it's going into it. I couldn't imagine doing it at 20, to be honest with you, man. Like, it, it, it's there's so much more. Learning that you still have to do in life to allow your your head to get to that place at 20 years old is is wild. That's that's crazy. Um, But in the introduction, I I mentioned how you've you use music to to cope to heal um, with with these with this these situations and this PTSD. If you don't mind me, you know, calling it out, it's you know PTSD, stress and anxiety. You have a song. It's, it's one of the first songs I heard you sing. Um, it's about a stretch of time in your life. Do you mind sharing that, that, that stretch of time, that tough time that, that you went through that uh, when you told me the story, I was just blown away?
4: No, not at all.
1: Um, i assume we're talking about April 16th, 2005?
4: Absolutely. Yeah, One of the first songs I wrote and basically um, explained what happened to my unit. And um, for me, it was uh, coming home in, processing everything
1: that happened, and honestly, music. If you could paint a picture of what it, what, what you were going through and, and how that day and that stretch of time became what is what is the song of April 16th.
4: Yeah, so uh, after I was roughly about seven, eight months playing the infantry role, we, we had lost three guys killed in action and another four wounded so bad that they were medevaced out. So my, my battery was hurting mm-hmm. for... People to run the missions, basically, along with all the other roles that people played. So um, they eventually switch us back to artillery. So we're going to go do our jobs that we, you know, we were trained to do, that all of us went to school for. And in Ramadi, they would mortar us every single night. And the artillery pieces were a big part of what they wanted to hit because we were the counterfire. Every mm-hmm. time they would shoot at us, we'd shoot right back. And... So it just so happens we make the switch from this infantry role into an artillery role, and the mortars were consistent every single day. And uh, on April 16, 2005, all the days that my my buddies died were terrible, but this was by far the worst because on this day they killed three of our guys, which was the other half of my section. And um, we had one survivor. He was burned upwards of 80% of his body. He actually lived, and yeah. So when I started writing the song, you know that uh, it was April 16th, 2020, I think, when I came up with the very last verse of what I think I was trying to say in this song. And um, for me, it was a no-brainer that the name of the song was April 16th, 2005, because it was a, a day of days for my battery.
2: In just a moment, we'll be back with Tim and his story, as well as his music. First, a word from our sponsors. Optum Colorado, Veterans Voice is produced in the Optum podcast studio. Optum Colorado and Mountain View Medical Group, part of Optum, offer 20 clinics throughout the Pikes Peak region. Their primary and specialty care doctors provide quality, patient-centered care backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. Optum is dedicated to helping our community live healthier, while keeping care affordable visit optumcare.com colorado to learn more and schedule your appointment today medicare mentors when it's time to consider your medicare options it's time to talk with medicare mentors medicare mentors powered by spark is veteran owned a long-standing mount carmel veterans service center partner and the veterans voice podcast channel provider more than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they are there lending a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, always above and beyond. Visit MedicareMentorsLLC.com for more information.
1: So we do have, you know, a special treat. Tim did bring his guitar in today. So he's going to share share these songs that mean so much to him. Um, so, Tim, if you don't mind, you uh, you want to play April 16th for the listeners? Sure.
0: Nights I wake up in my bed all these memories live in My finger can't go to war Not think about it anymore
4: Now let me tell you why
0: October of 2004 I saw three of my friends die October 6th, 12th, and the 29th. Then on April 16th, 2005, three more died in just one night. One more gone after we got home. Take the pain Anymore It was one year Ramadi, Iraq And I'm seeing Knowing We were never Coming back you can't Go to
1: tim and i have been friends for going on a couple years now and i've heard that song probably a hundred times and it kills me every time man that's the words of that are it's uh pretty meaningful pretty powerful like appreciate it uh it's yeah well this month we're talking about behavior health and and Medi- medical care and I'm really big into the non-standard care side of the house figuring out ways we can get guys off pills and get them back to being good family members again and and you found a way to do it in your own house with a group of people with with musicians through art which I yes. think is just so powerful man like I think that you know shadow the silence is you know one thing we've always said and you know part of part of some of our events that we have and you're able to connect with people and connect with the other musicians in your band and and be able to express something that people don't even like talking about but you've put it into music and it's it's beautiful. It's I appreciate awesome. that. Thank you. You've only been playing it's amazing that you've only been playing for 3 years. Yeah. One because you're phenomenal. Thank and you. And where do you think that journey started? I mean, did you start your journey of healing? Did you start your journey of processing all this stuff before music? Did or did music really was music that catalyst to
4: feel to help you feel better? Yeah, music was just another transition for me to find something. Um I think of all the hardships, you know, like that came after being in Iraq. I, you know, I've always sought out something to do, mm-hmm. and a big part of what I did when I got out was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, um, I competed competitively in it. I, I, obtained the rank of purple belt. Nice over the years, and um, don't, that was, that don't was him. That was definitely Tim. outlet for me. Started getting injured, and being a full-time firefighter, getting injured in the gym doesn't transition well. <laughs> no, and so I, um, I tore part of my peck in uh, training one day and it was kind of like oh man what do I do Cause I had to sit out for a while and I uh, realized that I had some remaining GI Bill money and picked up the guitar and started writing poetry and learning with a few chords I knew and it ended up being this feeling of just an outlet for me. When I played my first open mic night, where I actually stepped up in front and played in front of people, my wife was like, "Well, how do you feel before you go on?" And I was like, "Like I'm about to get into a fight." And then <laughs> I realized that that was like the same transition, or I mean, it was a uh, the same kind of feeling that mm-hmm. I could release out of. Yeah, have been doing it with music on bigger stages and adding a band, and yeah, it's just been fun. And it's it's an outlet for me.
1: So do you think it's do you think it's the purpose, or do you think it's the you say outlet. You think it's the expression.
4: It's both. Yeah, because um, my songs are probably not songs that a lot of want or not a lot of people want to hear. Yeah, um, but I don't believe you know someone like Toby Keith could write about combat. Um, they can write a very patriotic song and you know there's many out there you know stomp on my flag I'll stomp your ass type artists that that say that stuff but I don't think they could write to the personal side of what I went through and so for me it's a good way to let other combat vets that maybe experience the same thing to know that like they're not alone Mm -hmm. but even more importantly I think it's for the family and friends and so on and so forth of veterans that maybe they gain an understanding of what they are going through. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. The stuff that they won't tell them is going on with them. Yeah, I just want people to know that the people that served in combat, like what, you know, what does happen? The cost of the freedom. Mm-hmm.
3: You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support. And the WireNet Home Services.
1: So Tim's a big promoter of uh, the Special Forces Foundation and Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center here. So I've had the pleasure of bringing him on stage for a few of his concerts. <clears throat> One of the things I always say is, listen to these songs and, and connect with them because, uh, as a veteran, these songs mean a lot to me. And you you can kind of see the crowd almost jaw drop when April Sixteenth comes out because some people don't even want to hear that. You know, no, some people some people can't. Hear that, but you have those people out there that are like, Holy cow, like that's that is a side that people don't get to see a lot and definitely don't get to hear in music, let alone really good music.
4: But you, you all generic,
1: yeah, it's definitely not generic you know, for generic sure.
4: style of writing, then there's more genuine from the heart or the person that lived it type yeah. writing and music.
1: Yeah, you're definitely not the gonna come out and and follow the status quo of you know the, the no. pandering country <laughs> music for sure. No. No. But you said, you know, you're talking about families and uh the, the, the whole healing process too. How how is your how is your family taken to this music side of you, this musician side of you and how do you think that do you think that they've seen that that growth in you out of out of that, you know, PTSD? Big
4: time. Um one, they're all full supporters mm-hmm. you know of, right. Anyone that has played music knows that, it, you know, it can be challenging, especially if you're going out and playing in bars and, you know, eventually music venues. It, it takes time. It takes a lot of practice. But my family's been full-on supportive of it. Um, they see it's my happy place. Yeah, for sure. When, you know, if I don't have a, a, something to get ready for, that uh, I start getting anxious about it and I want to get out there and try to do it. Or, you know, I, I get excited when I wrote a new song and I show it to them. My kids have
1: joined me up on stage, but everyone's been supportive. That's and, awesome. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, Tim, you, you wrote a song that not only you know April 16th is, is, is through your eyes and, and the struggles that you, you had and the, the trauma that you've been through, but you also wrote another song called That Old Blue Star um, that is through the wife's eyes. Yes. Because that struggle is real, too. I mean, we cannot take away what these families go through when people are deployed spouses, God, they have to keep the home front going. They get it worse, I think. Yeah, yeah and I they, they sit there and worry every yeah. single night. I mean, I remember one night of sitting in my hooch talking, FaceTiming with my wife, and, and a rocket came in. And I was like, babe, I got to go. And she's like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, we're just doing some training. She's like, I heard an explosion. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'll be right back. <laughs> and, and I had to hang up with her, and I got back on the phone, and she was like, "That was one of the scariest things I've heard," and like, and I, there was nothing she could do about it because yeah. that's that that was me, and I had to take care of that situation. And you know, that's that's common. That's it happens a lot. And even when you don't get to talk on the phone, I'm sure the, you know the spouse is wa- wondering what's going on, worrying, and and it's especially in the beginning
4: parts of the Iraq war, you know, I think communication wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Like later deployments, like the ability to talk to your family, you were able to do it just a little bit more than what we were. They would shut down our phones every time someone died.
1: Oh, they still do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, completely shut down. And back in 2007, my first Afghan trip, I, once a week, I think I got a 30-minute phone call because that 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 was it. I mean, that was yep, right that when was the about... video calling start coming up. But the internet really couldn't support it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got a phone call about once a week, and that was it. So, yeah, those families are struggling. So, so Oblosar, t- tell us a little bit about this song.
4: Um, like I mentioned earlier, I, I was a single guy when I was in the Army, so I don't know the full feeling of having a spouse or a child at home while I was deployed. However— um, a really good friend of mine came to visit me in the firehouse one day. He was in Denver doing a, a extensive PTSD treatment program. And this particular friend of mine, we served in Iraq together, but he later on went on to do a total of five deployments. And I knew his wife and his kids really well from mm-hmm. serving together. And um, after he had left, I woke up in the middle of the night, just couldn't sleep in between getting calls and all that. And um I just started writing the song through what I thought maybe his wife was going through, or what she had to go through over the past 20 years of him serving Damn. in the military.
1: But I mean, you're you're still a full-time firefighter too, Tim. Like I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure your wife is and kids are. You know, when I when I got out, I threw around being a firefighter or a police officer. My wife's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I worried about you for the last 10 years on your deployments, and you, I only had to worry for the deployment time. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to worry about you every night.
4: <laughs> so, yeah, and I've had people relate to it that were not military, and but, mm-hmm. you know, wildland—my good friend was a wildland firefighter. Him and his girlfriend, like, really relate to it, and it gets to them because— you know like that's a deployment in itself too what they do yep. and yeah it's just about being away from your loved one and what they're going through and are you guys thinking about each other or are you you know
1: mm-hmm.
4: you're missing holidays all that so yeah.
2: you'll hear the acoustic performance in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors colorado computer support imagine never having to worry about your information systems ever again Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive veterans voice technology partner meeting all of our computing needs. Colorado Computer Support is veteran owned and they're your team for innovative, collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure the Colorado Computer Support team is on your team. Call 719-355-2440 to learn more. That's seven one nine three five five two four four zero. Wirenut Home Services. Every season brings a new strain on your home systems. Veterans Voice Partner, the Wirenut Home Service is the company you can count on to handle your heating, cooling, and electrical needs. They're family-owned, proud to employ honest, hardworking Coloradans, and when you need plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical help, the Wirenut does that. Call 719-399-5021. That's 719-399-5021.
1: All right, well let's uh let's give it a roll. All right.
0: Tours overseas. Twenty years of war. What has done to me? Crying myself sleep at night. Hoping you call saying I'm staring at the sun. All we want is you home. Cause I'm staring. Thank you.
1: definitely love that song i mean i love them all but it's awesome when your your daughter comes up on stage and she she does a duet with tim here oh yeah she says got, that's our song <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing it's it makes it even harder to heal or <laughs> hear sometimes yeah um because all you all you listeners out there you know vets and uh active duty you know thank your spouse if you guys have spouses or had spouses during that time because it's tough and and uh there are their services here at mount carmel for the spouses and the families too. So please don't think that just because you didn't sign the dotted line that you're not worth the the help and the and the services that all these nonprofits have because you guys struggle just as much, you know, sometimes as the the actual service member. So all you service members, thank your spouse, please, because I couldn't have done it without my wife, I promise, and my son. So yeah, that's you know another song that's, you know, connect to listeners and connect to people that you know, just you don't hear. You know, you don't hear that 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 version. Even that's the only song I've heard from the wife's point of view, and it's and it's. I think it's spot on. Honestly, it's. I appreciate the, that the way so. you way you write that is 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 spot on. Um, and and more spouses need to hear that. So, but as you've gone through your journey, as you've gone through <sighs> music and jujitsu and. I have seen this change in you, you know, being friends uh, even in the last two years since your music's been taken off. Because when I first came around, these were your songs. Right. Your songs were pretty dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty meaningful, but dark. Yeah. You know, and, and now your music's taking kind of a little bit of a turn. Would you say that's true?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's evolving. I'm, I'm learning to do different things with my voice. I'm learning how to write differently. I'm learning how to play guitar differently. And um, we've recorded differently, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just writing about different things, and um, yeah, it's evolving for sure.
1: Yeah, um, it's and you're you're writing some happy songs, you're some fun songs, some songs you can get out and dance to, yeah. and and uh, then liven up the crowd a little bit. Uh, still, definitely, they they still have a lot of meaning. Everything that you write has yeah I don't has know some how to write story any differently. Yeah, how to has some story behind it. Yeah. You know, what are some of your new songs that that you've come out with that you know that means something to you, but on a on a happier scale?
4: Well, we just released a uh, song on Spotify that we recorded up in Fort Collins. It's called "They Don't Hear Him Like I Do," and you know, it's just got an upbeat tempo to it. Mm-hmm. And um, but for me, it's complaining about everything that everyone tells me to do <laughs> musically.
1: So. Um, yeah, that, that was it,
4: pretty. It, the way it came out was faster, upbeat tempo.
1: And, yeah. yeah, I was pretty surprised, you know, going down some of this journey with you and going to these places, these venues, and where you're playing, and and hearing the owners be like, "Well, I just, all all I want you to do is play covers. All I want you to do is play covers." And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, <laughs> like why would you hire someone to come up to play something any other musician can play? Like to me, that doesn't make Especially sense. Especially when I'd been there before. And yeah, I brought people. Yeah, you know, I brought
4: people, and then
1: what was your analogy of the? I think it was a fast food. um,
4: No, it was a brewery, and that's that was kind of where I made my decision that I was like, I'm gonna either make it or not on my own music, Mm -hmm. playing around, especially locally. Um, I played at a brewery here in town, and they, uh, I brought people, I filled the place, Mm
1: -hmm.
4: and I played mostly original music, and I, you know, I, I do covers too, just to fill time, especially when you do two to three hours. And um, they reached out to me again and they're like, Hey, you want to come back and play? I was like, sure. They're like, but this time we want you to do nothing but covers. And so, you know, it, it, pissed me off. And I was just like, man, you brew beer. And that's like me coming in there saying like, well, you brew good beer, but you know what, just brew me a Budweiser cause that's <laughs> what everyone <laughs> likes to hear or likes to drink. And yeah. that's how I felt about music. And, I was like, I'm um, no, so I turned it down, and um, yeah, every gig I've taken since then has been mostly original music because I can cover almost three hours worth yeah. of original music.
1: Wow, I can't believe it. how many songs you got now. It's getting up about thirty, I would 30. say.
4: Wow, and then I do my
1: I do covers in my own way. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh yeah, you're Johnny Cash. You crush the Johnny Cash. <laughs> you have, and even like I even like your 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 voice is so opposite of like a Zach Bryan, but it's you're still spot on. Like you. You do a great job of those covers but I, I like your original music i, I listened to it on Spotify myself so that's the other thing folks out there listening you can uh, you can catch where, where all can you catch your music at Spotify is a big one Apple Amazon
4: music Deezer YouTube uh, follow me on Instagram Tim Meegan jr. at Tim Meegan jr. music. And you can see what I'm
1: pumping out there. You got a yeah. website out there too, right? Yeah, just com. Yep, and you guys, he has vinyls. You guys can purchase vinyls. They're awesome. Uh, he's still keeping it old school that way. <laughs> um, but they don't hear him like I do. Like you said, they, you know, it's, I think it's, with his new country music, this n- newer country music coming out. So uh, to me personally, I feel like country went down that poppy road for a long time. With some of the artists, you could tell that, they got signed, and we're we're supposed to write a certain song, and it's just all this like, I don't know what 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 how can you call that? It's formula. Yeah, they got, they got a formula. <laughs> oh, people want to hear these tones, and but then you have these, you know, Ryan being um Zach Bryan, the uh, Ch- uh, Tyler Childers that are coming out and and keeping it original because you can now through social media, you don't have to get signed to make a bunch of money. Um, even the Anthony Oliver, uh, you know, his new song coming out is way against status quo. Yeah. Um, so there's that, that hunger for it now. There's that, you can he- feel the people actually kind of st- uh, gravitate into songs that mean something that, that yeah. have a story. I think it's
4: big that, you know, that they can relate to the song because they believe that the person that wrote it actually lived it. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think that's why, you know, the Zach Bryan Oliver Anthony's, you know, that when they see it, they, like, they're like they like, oh, this person actually lived it. Yeah. As opposed to what Andy. happens in Nashville is it's a formula. They go, someone writes it out. Someone like a Chris Stapleton, who's mm-hmm. a songwriter, was writing songs, and they're like, well, this one goes to Kenny Chesney. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then, then, they they then actually they, lived it, but they actually wrote it too. <laughs> and every the music is played so perfect that it's almost too perfect, in yeah. my opinion. The voice is almost too perfect. Like, mm-hmm. you, you lose a little bit of... I think, what maybe the words mean by authenticity? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Tell you you wanna play the new song? Sure. All right, let's get it going. You don't hear them like I do.
0: Can you play my song, Tyler Childers? Maybe a Zach Bryan tune. I will buy some Willie Nelson, or any old whaling will do. Imaginating and sing their songs, and they were toward the sea. No White House Road or heading south. Redhead stranger, you sure I ain't done it this way. Speed it up, I feel like dance. Slow down, I got the Your voice too low and raspy like
1: Awesome, man. I love it. I feel like, uh, and just like when I go to your shows, I feel like I just went down your journey with you, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) coming to the end with, with don't hear him like I do. It's, it's a great song. It sends a good message message to the the, the music world. Um, so before you were sending a message to the the vets and, and to these people that are struggling out there. Yeah. And, and now you have a message to your message. Yeah, I'm
4: not trying to piss anyone off or, you know, everyone's got a different ear for music. It's just, you know, I think it's just understanding where music comes from. And uh, I I go down the route of the authenticity side of it. Yeah, for sure. And and,
1: and it makes a lot of sense, right? Like it's... Like you said, everyone has a different ear. Everyone yeah. likes something different. There's yeah. people out there that hate country. There's people out there that hate hip-hop. There's people right. out there. I, I personally, I listen to everything. I, I, I enjoy the art behind everything, and I enjoy the meaning behind it, too. And, and I do,
4: too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of old-school rap because oh, it reminds yeah. me of old-school country where <laughs> the, the artists lived it. Yeah. You know, the notorious B.I.G., the Tupacs, they lived the life that they wrote about. N.W.A. lived the life that they wrote about. And I personally I'm a big fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's what's so important again that authenticity is. Yeah. you live the life and you write that song. Right. And and that's what speaks to listeners to to me. I mean, yes, there's some uh, there's some Taylor Swift songs out there I'm down with, <laughs> but she writes her own music too. Yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on on, on anything. No, I'm, I'm not I'm not knocking it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying you are like it's but it's just when when someone is pouring their heart out and someone is, is wants you to go like the little journey we just took today through just those three songs it, it's easy to feel that yeah you know and that's it's easy to connect with that and it's easy to sit back and say wow that 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 actually means something so uh, it's something people don't know that we didn't bring up and Tim actually grew up South Side Chicago. Um, he didn't grow up in a, in a country setting by any means. Not at all. Trailer uh, park, that could be country. Yeah, that's, that is country. <laughs> a railroad track, that could be country, <laughs> but yeah, south side of Chicago. Um, but, that's, but that's also part of your journey, you know? You, oh, yeah. you, you grew up that in, in not the greatest part of the world and not with the greatest situations, but it's it, it, that comes out in your music too. Pretty awesome, man. I really appreciate what you're doing. I really appreciate being a part of it for you letting me be a part of it. Thank you. appreciate what you're doing and helping vets. It's yeah.
4: a big thing. we
1: got to stick together. So what do you have coming up, Tim? What's what's next for you? Well, we uh, went on a stretch of
4: playing shows around town. We actually went out a state, three of us, three of my bandmates. We went to Chicago and played a show. And um, we kind of came to this conclusion that we want to go back to the studio, ideally January, February, and not just any studio. We want to find the right one um, that can help us with our sound that we're looking to capture, you know, take – eight to ten songs old, maybe new, and um, completely redo, knew the, redo them in a way that, that didn't come out the first time because it's, you know, I don't think I ever quite play every song the same way twice. Yeah. And, 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 and as you play live, it, it evolves.
1: Yeah, and, the evolution of your music for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, to get that get that captured is, is the right way for you. I, I feel it would be really important. I was, with, I was with you in the studio for the last few songs for yeah. the last album. Um, which is hasn't been released yet, correct? No, just one song out of it. So yep. we're, we're slowly going to drop some singles, and then we'll
4: release the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and uh, I'm putting some feelers out there. I got my eyes on a studio in Memphis that I would really love to be at. So I'm waiting to hear
1: back from them. Awesome, man. We'll go ahead and run through all the ways that they can connect with you again, if you if you don't mind. So, my so-
4: website is timmeganjr.com, dot com. spelled M E E G A N. On there, you can find links to my music on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, YouTube. I also have some videos up there that are kind of the stories behind the songs of, you know, when I first wrote them and put them up on YouTube. Instagram, Tim Megan Jr., Music.com. You can follow me on there and stay in touch. Awesome, man. I'd love well, to hear from you.
1: Hey, we really appreciate you coming out. Appreciate your music. Appreciate your journey. Appreciate what you're doing. Thanks so, for having me. Thank you again, man, and I uh, can't wait for the next the next show and can't wait for the album to drop and the next songs to drop. So Appreciate it. And then when that happens, maybe we can have you on again. Yeah, love to be back. Well, awesome, man, appreciate it. All right, everybody, check out our podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Hear the whole story and stay informed when new episodes drop. The Veterans Voice Podcast is updated weekly with even more episodes and topics for you to dive into. You can also hear us via Wreaths Across America broadcast. And for our local listeners in Colorado Springs, tune into Veterans Voice every Sunday at 7:30 AM on KRDO Radio. Also, if you have any show ideas or want to be on the show, feel free to give Mount, Mount Carmel uh, a look on the website. You can find Angie's and I's emails on there. Um, shoot us an email, tell us what you think, what you want to hear, and thank you everybody for listening.
3: You've been listening to the Veterans Voice. Presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum podcast studio located on the Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing Power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by supporting the Wire Nut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on Flagship Station KRDL News Radio Sundays at 7:30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps.
2: Veterans Service Center, facilitating successful transitions for veterans and their families with job placement assistance, wellness services, and more. Locations in Colorado Springs, Pueblo, and Trinidad. Get started today at VeteransCenter.org.